this is what you get when you listen to Fox and Stone. We've got serious stuff, and then we have shit talk. So yeah. we should probably have a segment called Shit Talk, where we <laughs> tell about stories about how we, how we almost shit our pants. <laughs> Welcome to the Fox and the Stone. I'm Tyler. And I'm Farron, here, live and in color, because I'm black <laughs> and alive. And it's a podcast where two friends talk about nerd stuff, mental health, and pop culture. I uh, hope that everyone is doing well today. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, today we're going to be discussing Marvel's What If, Episode 3, and Candyman. Uh, which is a movie that Theron and I, along with a couple of other people, went and saw Thursday, which I think was only like my second movie experience since the pandemic. Have you seen movies in theaters, Theron, since? I know we went and saw Demon Slayer together. We've watched Black Widow then... together as well. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. I completely forgot about that. But I had, I did see uh, Corella, so I went back to the movies a little early because I did not want to pay 30 bucks to see Corella. But yeah. it was actually decent enough to I would have paid the thirty bucks just to watch it at home. It was a good movie. Yeah, I noticed it was actually it just now is like free on Disney Plus now. So I'm gonna try to maybe squeeze that in this week with the family and check it out. But but um, before we start talking about um, Marvel and Candyman, let's start as we always do with a mental health check in. Uh, Theron, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, this week has been okay. Um, Got to see some friends. I attempted to go to a concert last night. Um, me and Tyler were jokingly talking about it, but I'm going to talk about it. I don't care. Um, I ate at Empire Pizza, and I realized um, the pizza I ate had... Uh, what did you... What, what's the cheese I said it to you? It was like feta... Uh, it, was fe- it was feta cheese. Feta cheese, which is made out of like mm-hmm. goat milk. And then I was like, oh, whatever. So I ate it. And immediately, like after eating it, I got sick. So I had to go home because I had some stomach issues and then like today i was talking to tyler i was like yeah it made me sick or whatever like and he goes yeah it's made out of goat cheese and i was like oh that makes sense because i'm allergic to goat milk um so (laughs) now i'm like oh so that's why i had the shit i basically killed myself but other than that life is good um i think overall go ahead oh i'm sorry overall how was the pizza aside from having it wasn't good either that's the real reason why i'm mad like if if I'm not mad, but, like, I was irritated more because the pizza wasn't that great. It didn't taste that good. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends, all their pizzas looked okay as well. But I guess it was just me and a bad reaction. I'm not saying that Empire's Pizza is going to make you sick by no means. But um, yeah, I'm definitely going to give it another shot later on, but avoid that slice of pizza. It was like called a Uncle to a Fat Tony's. So I'm gonna try something different. But yeah, how are you doing, Tyler? Um, doing pretty good. I had a pretty lazy day um, today. Uh, I actually took Friday off because I realized that for the past like four weeks of at, at work, I've just been nonstop, just go 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 go, and I kind of just 
hit a wall mm-hmm. last week and I texted my boss and was just like, I called her and I was like, Hey, is it cool if I just take a mental health day on Friday? Cause I really need it. And she was like, yeah, do your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was much needed. I went for a nice little run. I stayed at home and I played, um, Spider-Man on my PS4. Which Spider-Man that though? game? The first one. Oh. Yeah. I, yeah, I never beat it. So I actually restarted it from the very beginning because I forgot all the controls and I forgot the storyline. So I was like, I'm just going to start from the beginning. So uh, I've been grinding that game out and really enjoying it. Mm. Um, but it was nice just to stay at home and just kind of chill. Uh, then I had boxing that night, which was really rough, but um, was really great as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And then this weekend I had a pretty good weekend. Um, uh, you, yeah, like you mentioned a minute ago, you and I were... Uh, supposed to be going to a concert which i ended up staying at the concert um you unfortunately couldn't and that sucks <laughs> um, but we did text throughout and i was keeping tabs on you to make sure you were doing all right it, no it's funny it's just because like i literally was talking to my friend scott and then i look at Cody, uh, another friend of mine of ours and mm-hmm. i'm just like i gotta take a shit like that was literally it i was like <laughs> not even that i was just like i can't and where we're at the bathrooms are disgusting i think all public bathrooms are disgusting but like at a music Mm. hall at a concert venue it's the worst so Mm. i was just like you know i only live five minutes home and the race between my gut and traffic was more exciting (laughs) than any fast and furious movie uh more excited than any (laughs) marvel film so yeah it it was um (laughs) nerve-wracking to say the least i was like am i about to shit myself as a grown man i haven't done this since i was like a child this is about to be embarrassing (laughs) but i digress welcome to to getting older i made it getting older i made it though and that is that's the that's the plan here that's the i'm just visioning you like drifting like not even stopping you're like running red lights and like drifting like tokyo drift to your fucking (laughs) your parking lot at your apartment no and like somebody's like carrying groceries and you just like shoulder bump them because they get in your way and you're like move Move, bitch bitch. from like (laughs) from like white chicks and you don't even like you don't even fumble through your keys you literally just like kick down your door okay break the hinges just to go to the bathroom my keys were the real enemy here though like <laughs> i have a tendency to have like too many keys on my key chain like keys that all look the same yeah um, me too but my new key looks just silver and all the other keys on my keychain are gold mm-hmm. but man i couldn't find that silver key for the life of me so i sat there and i started jumping up and down and then i realized <laughs> jumping up and down don't make it worse makes it worse so i just I just took, (laughs) held my breath, found my keys, and then slowly walked into the bathroom, and I made it. (sighs) Thank God for that. Yeah, it's been so embarrassing, too, because, okay, like, TMI, but, like, I wear only jock straps because comfortability um, and other reasons. And (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. so I would, like, legitimately shit my pants because... There's no protection between my pants and my asshole because I wear chalk straps. So, but I lived, we survived, and I just completely took over your like mental health check. No, it's totally great. Uh, I'm I'm glad the listeners are tuning in. Episode ten, we're coming in hot. 
this is what you get when you listen to the Fox and Stone. We've got serious stuff, and then we have shit talk. So yeah. we should probably have a segment called Shit Talk, where we <laughs> tell about stories about how we, how we almost shit our pants. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Like, so I don't really have anything for Six Sad World, because this has just been, like, a really... Because I don't want to talk about, like, things that are too emotionally taxing. Mm-hmm. Like, well, go ahead. Can can we? Did you? So we. I I just recently found out. I guess this morning that Kanye dropped a new album. Oh yeah, Kanye. I so about him. Yeah, I don't know what his thing is, and I also saw like a headline that I guess Kanye and Kim are quote remarried. I Weren't mean, they, they going through a div- ever? So I thought they were going through a divorce. So were they going to? get divorced then they thought let's just remarry so beyond popular belief i don't watch the kardashians i actually can't stand them so i don't know if they ever got a divorce i remember that show still going i know the show isn't going anymore because of the shade room um i the only thing i know about this whole kanye west donda thing is that allegedly the record label dropped the album without his knowledge because he kept pushing it back and they just got sick of it um Mm -hmm. and he was promoting the music and putting them on like live streams and stuff too so in essence he was making money but the studio was not because he's doing these weird like tours that are art pieces but i'm pretty sure those are like low-key seances so he can try to like contact his mother's spirit Because Donda is the mm. name of his mother who passed away in like 2005, maybe six, seven. Oh, so that's what Donda is. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. I know like the first track of the uh, album is called Donda Chant. Chant mm-hmm. And I listened to it and it's just literally the word Donda like repeated over and over yeah, and see, over again for like a minute and a half. So I couldn't get past it. So I just skipped to the next one. And... It was just kind of the same melody on a loop through the entire song. And I was just like, yeah, I don't, I'm not feeling this already. I'm out. But I haven't been a Kanye fan since, like, graduation, maybe? See, so the last, um, the last Kanye album I bought or listened to, My Beautiful Twisted Dark Fantasy, or My Dark Beautiful Twisted Fantasy, I can't remember how it went. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, it had some good songs on it. Oh, good songs. The whole album was an album that you listen from start to finish. Like, mm-hmm. my favorite song on it was not a single, and it was a Blame Game featuring John Legend. Oh, mm-hmm. it was brilliant. Um, they also had the Tiana Taylor feature, Over My Body, um, All of the Lights, but then, you know, also the masterpiece, Run Away. But this is before Kanye start losing grip with his sanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and wasn't just saying these weird, wildly problematic things. Um, like, I'm a god? That I didn't care <laughs> about, because Kanye West was always arrogant. I remember the first interview I ever watched with Kanye is where he was talking about how he was a producer. But now mm-hmm. he was called a super producer. But now he just thinks of himself as just super. And I was like, oh, he's arrogant, but he's talented. But now it's well, like well, there's arrogance, and then there's I'm a literal god. I don't think <laughs> like, he thinks he's a literal god in the literal sense. I think what no? the issue is is just 
somebody Kanye Kanye West surrounds himself around yes men and women. I mean, from what I know about the Kardashians, they're like cloud chasers as well. So of course Kim is going to be like controversy, sure. So from what I hear, she's actually kind of level headed. So you would think she'd be like Kanye, why the hell are you doing that? But whatever. Um, I think Kanye has become just a cloud chaser who just has a giant platform. Um, mm-hmm. He reminds me of those brothers with the chins. We talk about them. Paul oh, brothers. the Paul brothers. They, um, yeah. yeah. Speaking of, um, as we're recording, Jake Paul should be fighting Tyron Woodley uh, any minute now. Oh. Uh, I did not buy the fight because I'm tired of wasting my money on these shitty events. Um, but we'll see how it ends. But... Yeah, I mean Kanye ran for president last year. That was what a weird, <laughs> what, what a turn a, of events. What a weird moment in history. Like, but like here's the thing: is like he didn't even have a platform whenever he was running. He, just he was to do just it. like, I want to. His platform was like, bring world peace. And we're like, okay, that's very broad. <laughs> but like the thing is too is like I hope he didn't really say that because Kanye is one of the most like one of the least peaceful people I've ever seen like fighting yelling well he's never been really like fist fighting but arguing back and forth with people yelling and stage diving uh stage bombing Taylor Swift granted I agreed with Mm -hmm. him but still I wouldn't have did all that yeah um I think he actually did that to Beck, too, at the Grammys once. And Beck was like, well, you might as well come on and do it since you got up here. Like, do it. And then he walked off. So, Yeah, he did do it to Beck. That was... I, I do remember that. But it wasn't, like, as big of a deal because Beck kind of, like... Downplayed kind of, it. Cause it's, yeah, he kind of, like, encouraged him. He's like, yeah, come on. Come on up here. I don't really give a shit. Because Beck's not really one for, like, awards. Yeah. I mean, he's he, he's not the most accessible artist you know, mm-hmm. there's not like a, there's not like, I mean, he gets radio play, but I, he's not like, you're not going to hear him on like the summer jam hits mm-hmm. or anything like that, you know? So there's just some of those artists, some of those bands that a lot more people are attracted to because their songs are just a little more catchy and appeal to the masses more. I feel like Kanye was just a fucking a, idiot. Can we all just say it? I just feel like... Yeah. He's an idiot. He has his head stuck up his ass so far. It's like he doesn't care. And then he, you know, he doesn't when he realized that his demographic wasn't the demographic that he originally sought out. Mm -hmm. He definitely moved away from that, those ideologies and stuff. And right now, like Kanye West will always be like, popular and mainstream because he kind of evolves his music with the generations as well so like right now his music is very gen z um and you know he is one of those people who embraces the fact that he's problematic and stands in it which hey i can respect that i don't care like i don't believe counseling quote counseling people is what let's talk about this real quick I get really irritated with the whole, oh, cancel culture, cancel culture. So, like, that whole term is you're canceled came from, like, black people. And we were jokingly, like, saying you're stupid, you're canceled, stop talking. But then, Mm -hmm. you know, every time something gets misappropriated by, like, white folks, it always is misappropriated incorrectly. 
um, they start using that as like a hashtag, let's cancel this person because they're problematic or we don't like these things that they did. Like, for instance, like when they try to cancel Taylor Swift because Kanye said she was lying and come to find out she wasn't lying. And then Kanye and Kim got sued for leaking some radio shit. And like the whole idea of canceling someone, it's not going to happen. If anything, it's counterproductive. Let's let people make their dumbass mistakes, call them out for it. Let them see, let them try to redeem themselves and learn something. But canceling people is not going to happen. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's good in theory, sure, but like people are going to still have their platforms for the most part because a lot of their demographic think like that. Yeah. Yeah. Call it a spade a spade. Because, you know, everyone's pissed off that he brought out um, the homophobe to baby and then the alleged, because I don't want to get sued, alleged, I don't want to get sued, sexual assaulter and rapist. Marilyn Manson. So, who cares? Like, I guess it was one of his weird art pieces of art, you know, like art house um, theory or propaganda against, like, cancel culture or something. I don't know. Who cares? Kanye Mm -hmm. West has just been weird for the last 10 years anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I just really... He's had a few songs here and there that he's came out with since some of his earlier stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's been really hit and miss for me, and I know that he—I know he had a lot of success with his shoes, but I think some of his other clothing line didn't really work out. So at a lot of his concerts, he would just go on these rants for like twenty minutes about stuff like that. I mean, Bo Burnham kind of makes fun of it in one of his comedy specials. Mm-hmm. I don't know, kind of—he's just been a lot for me. And like, again, Kanye West is just weird. Like, I used to love Kanye. Like, I remember being. Mm-hmm so enamored with his music the the style of dress like i even wanted to cut my hair like him once like kanye was really cool until he wasn't um he kind of kind of was like that modern day ingenue who was like in the same vein of like common or moss def or like nas or uh, the Fugees or Lauren Hill, and then he just kind of was just like, okay, I'm no longer socially conscious. I'm actually all about consumerism and capitalism now, and mm-hmm. and I was just like, you wrapped against all that. Like now you're not, so you're like a sellout. And Kanye West is definitely the type of person that my dad warned me about. My dad always said, there's people who stand by their morals, and then there's people who talk about them very loudly. And you need mm. to avoid the ones who just talk very loudly about their morals, but you never see them stand up for it. And uh, Kanye West is that. Yeah. Yeah, those are wise words. Um, I'll try to give it a listen because I feel like I've listened to all of his albums just to see what it's about. Um, his, well, I didn't, I don't think I listened to his like church or his like gospel album that he came out with. Like, was that his last album? He came up with like a, I think he came out with like a gospel album a year or two ago. I didn't listen to that one. And I didn't really listen to much of Ye either. I think he had an album called Ye, right? I don't know. What you ain't about to find me doing is listen to a Kanye West album in 2021. That's the last <laughs> thing you're going to find me doing. Um, I want to check it out just to be like, okay, is there anything on this album that I can find enjoyable? Uh, so far, I've made it to two or three tracks, and the answer is no. So we'll see if I ever get back to it. But honestly, there's a lot of other great music to listen mm-hmm. to that I may just avoid it. So Can we just we'll talk see. about Dan Levy for a second? 
Well, sure. Dan Levy just posted this picture on Instagram of him wearing this sweater with like hibiscus hibiscus flowers and uh, Mm -hmm. he's just a hot gentleman. Jewish men are just like everything. Shout out to Dan Levy and all the hot Jewish white men. Uh, yeah, or Dan not Levy. problematic. Uh, Dan Levy is a, is an attractive attractive guy. I, I will let him. Shit's him Creek. If you haven't seen Shit's Creek, game. you need to watch Shit's Creek. It's it's a great show. Um, I still need to finish it, but I have a problem with finishing things. Same. So, all right. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for Six Sad World. We got a little bit of everything in that segment. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about What If Episode Three. Uh, the title of this episode is What If the World Lost Its Mightiest Heroes? Before um, they even started. <laughs> Basically, that's <laughs> a bit the little subtitle yeah. of that title. <laughs> yeah. So last week I read the description and it sounded more like it was geared towards Loki. And after watching the episode, I was like, okay, the IMDb got this way off because what I read really didn't have anything to do with Loki. What this episode. Like a- I mean, Loki was in it, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but when I read it, it sounded like it was Loki's show, but now the description is, Nick Fury struggles to launch the Avengers when candidates are targeted by a serial killer. So, before we get started into this episode, um, spoiler, we're, we'll get into spoilers in a minute. We'll kind of give our overall thoughts on the show first, and then we'll kind of hop into a little bit of spoilers. Um, but Theron, what would be your letter grade for this episode? Uh, 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 B. Um, it's the art style, man. I just, uh, it's just so bad. Yeah. And then, like, I have this really weird thing about animated hair. I'm starting to notice that if the hair is not good in animation, it bothers me. And that fucking oh, yeah. hippie longstocking wig that was on Natasha Romanoff was just bothering me. It just, ugh. <laughs> Anyway, Tyler, what was your grade? Let me shut the fuck up. Um, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a B plus. Uh, so the art style is kind of growing on me a little bit. Um, I I was I I enjoyed the the episode enough. Uh, and and like I said, the art style it's it's kind of starting to grow on me a little bit. I'm I'm not over the moon about it at mm-hmm. all. Um, but I'm starting to. I'm starting to sit with it a little bit more. There's certain characters who I think look, who are just drawn better Mm-mm. than others. Um, Example? I mean, I don't really like the art style. Like, It's something to do with like maybe the, the, the lighting when it comes to Black Widow's character. Sometimes yeah. it's like, I don't really care for it. There's not like a ton of detail. But then you look at someone like, uh, well, I don't want to... Sp- spoil it but one of the characters at the very end who is revealed to be the serial killer um his art like there's a lot more there's a lot more drawing and definition into his his character's face um so i i kind of liked it a little bit more in that i don't know i feel like i disagree well that's fine you can disagree like you just feel like oh go ahead the art is just not good all around and then like who they were trying to invoke with said artwork did not look like that and i was like that person doesn't look like that like i didn't know that who that person was until they said their name because they were also in a different outfit than normal too so i was like who the fuck is Mm -hmm. that um 
Well, I heard the voice, and that's when I knew. Mm. I mean, so let's just talk about how this... Let's get into spoilers. Like, first off, it starts off basically at the end of Iron Man 2 at the donut shop. And they're... Oh, excuse me. I keep burping. Uh, I drank soda for the first time in a while, and so it makes me burp. Um, They are talking to Tony Stark at the donut shop, trying to start the Avengers Initiative. And basically, excuse me. And basically, they're talking. They're trying to get Tony to join. He's drunk like usual, or hungover like usual. And then, um, I believe he had like some kind of virus. I can't remember like some the tech, like some techno organic virus. And they go to like inject him with the cure for it, and he just falls over and dies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Natasha they, Natasha Romanoff um, gives him the injection, and he yes. dies immediately. Yeah. And they blame Natasha for the death of Tony Stark. And she goes on the run. But Nick Fury's like, mm, you didn't do it. I know you didn't. That's kind of weird. So I forget who the second person they tried to recruit was. I think it was Clint Barton. No, uh, uh, Thor. It was Thor, yeah. Yeah, they go and they find, you know, Milner And they're like trying to get Thor involved and... It's thundering and lightning, and Hawkeye's also there, and then, you know, they they have a target on Thor, it's Hawkeye, and he's like, don't shoot, but then Hawkeye unaccidentally shoots him, but he's like, I didn't let go of the bow, though, like, some something made it go off itself, I didn't do it, so... Mm-hmm. That happened. What did you, what did you think about the running gag of all the characters talking about how beautiful Thor's hair was? I thought, I thought that, that was, was funny too, because like <laughs> I seen the wigs for the next movie, and I'm like, oh god, like it's funny that they're getting that now because Chris Hemsworth usually grows his hair out for the Thor films, but like this next one, he's wearing a wig, and this wig looks really bad. So hopefully, well, I remember. Well, do you remember um, when we first saw Thor? He had like shorter hair. I mean, it was longer, but I mean, it was long, but it wasn't long as it was. It was in like the Hanson Thor movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was just kind of like almost shoulder length. Mm-hmm. And in this one, they gave him like long, beautiful, marvelous hair. And I loved how Clint Barton was like had him in his sights, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, you guys are right. His hair is magnificent. It is beautiful." <laughs> I, I would say a really fun fan casting for the 90s. I would have put Fabio in the Thor uh, role. <laughs> Can Fabio act? I don't know. Um, I've only seen him in those, I can't believe it's these, not butter yeah, commercials. Yeah, the, the butter commercials. So I'm going <laughs> to say no. Um, I don't ever hear about him being in anything else. But could you imagine him as Thor? It would be pretty, it, I mean, he'll look good. Yeah. Um. So if anyone's listening, if they want to do like Thor's really fun uncle, <laughs> Boar or something, Fabio's Boar. available. <laughs> See if hey, it's me. I'm your uncle Boar. It's just always like wind making his hair blow majestically while he stands over like the seashore during the sunset <laughs> with some lady fawning over him. That is literally his whole character. Yeah. But then after that... Uh, we try. Was it? Dang it! I'm so dumb. Who do they find next? Was it uh, uh, after that? Hulk? Uh, yep. Yeah, well, yeah. She, uh, Natasha, is really the one that's trying to go around and warn people about these uh, different heroes um, that are being killed. 
so they go to the university uh, where she talks to that uh, Betsy, that lady Betsy Ross. Betsy Ross. Um, Betty and... Ross, not Betsy Ross. Betsy Ross is the oh one yeah yeah Betty Ross. Yes, yeah Betty Ross, and she's like, "Hey, I need your help figuring out what's in the serum." Da da da. Uh, we find that Bruce Banner is hiding in the closet mm. the whole time. <laughs> we knew <laughs> it. We knew you were part of the family. <laughs> So then he comes out, um, and as they're leaving, um, the tanks roll up because uh, General Ross is there, and uh, they start um, – they shoot at Mark Ruffalo. Or Mark Ruffalo, I'm sorry. <laughs> they shoot at Bruce Banner, and mm. he's like, you better run. And he turns into the Hulk, and he starts smashing the tanks, and then he – just gets he starts blowing up yeah like it's very cartoony obviously um and he explodes mm-hmm. uh, and because he mentions right before he turns in hulk he's like you know they can't kill me because i'm the hulk yeah um, but that is the only way to kill him i guess would be to just have him explode from the inside uh, yeah uh, so that happens um let me ask you this during these killings did you who were you kind of expecting the the killer was going to be so i picked up on it pretty quick um it wasn't the right guess but i guess i get how do i say this without spoiling it um i guess the name that was dropped um first as the killer but then mm-hmm. excuse me when it was revealed who was the actual killer it made sense to me with um the history that was shown in the movies of this person's namesake. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, I got you. Um, oh, I f- well, we also forgot to mention that Clinton Barton, um, as they had him locked away mm-hmm. for shooting Thor, uh, he died as well. Yes. So um, basically all the original Avengers are dead because Captain America has not been found in his block eyes yet. Mm-hmm. So um, after... That explosion, the reveal shows who the person is after Natasha dies as well. Because um, she dies in the library, right? I, th- I think so. She yeah. dies because um, she starts getting into it with, was it Betty Ross? She was talking to Betty, telling her, like, you... Because Betty was like, you killed him. And she's like, no, I didn't. I know who did. And we it's not safe here. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to come with me. And then that's when... I'm going to just say it. Um, uh, I forgot his name, damn it. Hank? Hank Pym? Yeah, it was Hank Pym. Because they were like, oh, there's always hope. Remember, it's always hope. That's what... Uh, Natasha tells Fury, and so I thought immediately Hope Van Dyne did it because Janet has been missing, but we find out the reason why. Um, dang it, I can't think of his actual name. The original Ant-Man, Hank Pym. The reason why Hank Pym is on this killing spree is because Hope was an operative of S.H.I.E.L.D. and died, mm-hmm. and he was like, well, this is your fault, Maria Hill, and nick fury so um i'm gonna kill you but there was a really cool captain marvel tease too because after like the third avenger died he was like i'm about to hit this beeper but then he's like nah let me not 
But Colson mm-hmm. was like, why do you have a beeper? Like, that makes no sense. Um, right. Which I, I knew that was... When he, when he started talking about hope, I knew that like his last hope was going to be that call to Captain Marvel. But one thing that... Uh, probably one of the biggest things that we failed to mention was mm-hmm. that Loki shows up oh. uh, halfway through the episode. Because Thor's dead. Because Thor's dead. Which and... is kind of out of character for him at this time of... Yeah. Timeline, because he, he wouldn't have gave a shit. He's like, Thor's dead, okay, whatever. Like, I'm right. now, like, the next king of Asgard. Right. So he kind of makes a deal with Nick Fury, Fury, and he gives him just, like, a day or so to figure out who the killer is. Uh, and then once he does, um, Loki and Nick Fury actually team up, and they're at the uh, gravesite. Mm-hmm. And that's when um, Nick Fury starts to fight Hank Pym, and he's doing like a really good job. And I was thinking to myself, like, is this the first time that we've seen Nick Fury actually like fighting, like, like hand legit? to hand? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, this is because he was like no. smacking Hank Pym all over. I can't think of another time. Uh, Did he in Captain Marvel at all? Like a little bit in Captain Marvel, but I'm pretty sure what I'm pretty sure he got a fight scene in. Um, he faked his death in this one too, and I cannot think of it. Uh, Winter this, Soldier? Was it Winter Soldier? Maybe he had a fight scene in Winter Soldier. I, I'm going to have to look that up after this. I'm pretty I sure. I don't know. Nick Fury is in like 20 of the 26 or 7 Marvel movies that are out there. I can't even remember which ones but that you know he what? fought in. I don't think he's had a fight scene. Like like a full-blown fight scene. Maybe him like flipping someone over or shooting at somebody. But like yeah. Nick Fury actually throwing down. I don't I don't see it. I couldn't. I couldn't think of one, but... Um, and then two, he wasn't, and what we find out later is that because Nick Fury has, um, similar powers during this fight scene as Loki does. So we find out after he starts using those powers that this isn't really Nick Fury. This is Loki Loki. Mm -hmm. and multiple Lokis using, uh, illusions and and things like that. So I guess technically we still didn't see a Nick Fury fight because it was Loki. (laughs) So maybe uh, Nick Fury just doesn't fight. Which is fine. Yeah, I mean, not um, every person in a superhero film needs to fight. Because if so, then who has, you know, we won't have any, like, state of urgency for, like, right. hostage situations. Right. So, yeah, they uh, they beat up Hank Pym. Which um, is kind of funny because he's old as shit. Right. And then also, too, like, Janet's not dead. She's just chilling in the Phantom Zone. Yeah. She's like, come get me. Which, by the way, Michelle Pfeiffer is just such a beautiful woman. Like, she is still beautiful to this day. Yeah. But. Yeah, for sure. That's basically how it ends. And then there's kind of like this weird mid credit scene where he finds Captain America. And then he's like, welcome back, Captain. And then a light glow starts happening. It's Captain Marvel as well. So I yeah. feel like the first Avengers with Captain Marvel, like, there wouldn't have been, like, the whole situation in New York where like Loki and the and the, uh, the the fucking aliens are just dropping fire and shit because I think Captain Marvel would have took them out pretty quickly. Yeah, well, Loki does also towards the end of this episode goes to like the UN mm. and is basically being a dumbass, trying to be like the leader of the of the world. Yeah, he's like, so, the United so we'll Nations see. only united because I was here. And they're like, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but okay. Basically. Yeah. It, it was, uh, it was a pretty average episode for me. 
Uh, I didn't take any notes on this one, hence why we kind of jumped all over the place. It's... But overall, I, I enjoyed it. It was fine. Like, I think it's just very grating when the voice act, the original actors don't voice the uh, characters. Like, Black yeah. Widow was such a, it was, uh, it was, uh, who was the voice? I think it was Rosario Dawson, actually. For who, Natasha? Yeah, which I'm like. No, it was, it was Lake Bell. Lake Bell, yes, Lake Bell. She plays Poison Ivy in uh, one, uh, uh, Harley Quinn series. Yeah, uh, it, mm, yeah, it was very apparent. It was not <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. No offense, Lake Bell, you're great, but this wasn't it. Yeah, I, I don't. I wish they could have got all the actors back to voice. I mean, most of them, I, I guess, did come back to voice. I mean, we had Mark Ruffalo, mm-hmm. Tom Hiddleston. Uh, you had Jeremy Renner, Frank Grillo Samuel came back, L. Jackson, Clark Gregg. Yeah, I mean, Michael Douglas. I don't think back the, up. I don't think the voice of Captain Marvel was the same. No, but I don't think she spoke. Yeah, I mean, she said like, "What's our next assignment?" or something like that. Yeah, at the very end, and that was played by Alexandria Daniels. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, I'd have to look more into her IMDb uh, page. But yeah, that was what if. Episode three, uh, what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? Actually, so, I'm going to change my letter grade. I'll give it a B plus too because I I feel like I would I feel like I low it I grade it so bad because of the art. So I want to give it a B plus. Yeah, and that's me being generous. Disney, step it up, step your pussy up. <laughs> yeah, they're probably not going to change the uh, art style too much. I really uh, hope they do. Forward. But I am really excited. I think it's set in stone. I'm really excited for like the more like Doctor Strange and Mystic ones and the zombie what if one. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's the next. I don't know what's the next episode going to be about. I don't either, and I'm not even going to try to read off of it because it's probably going to be really off from what the episode's going to bring us. So I'm about to look it up. So we'll see. Let's see. So yeah, that is what. While you're doing that, let's transition into. The movie that we saw, um, called Candyman, the second one, uh, the twenty nineteen, a sequel to the horror film Candyman from ninety two. Um, so, Farron invited me to watch this movie, mm-hmm. and I was hesitant because um, I thought to myself, "Is Candyman supposed to be a scary movie or like more of a psychological thriller?" Mm-hmm. And when we got there, I asked you, and you were like, "Oh, it's supposed to be scary." And I was like, ooh, boy. Well, if I shit my pants like Theron almost did Saturday night, then <laughs> I'm going to have to leave. <laughs> Bye. Um, so, yeah, that was Candyman. I don't watch a lot of horror films or even psychological thrillers. You should, but, though. They're so good. But, um, yeah, so what were your thoughts on, on, on Candyman? Uh, my brother and my little brother went and AJ said it. This is how AJ described it to me when I was talking to him on the phone. Um, Because I liked it a lot. And he goes, of course you like it a lot because it's high, it's a bougie black horror. Um, And I'm like, what do you mean bougie black horror? And he's like, it's a horror film directed at the intellectual black person. Um, So I liked it a lot. Um, I liked how Nia DaCosta 
use the shadow puppet imagery while telling the legend of Candyman. Um, I like that touch too. It was really cool. Like I love shadow puppets. I feel like that is a art style that is kind of gone away. Like you don't know a lot of people about, you don't hear about that a lot. Um, I think Yaya Adul Mantine was really good. He's hot too. He's so hot. Nigerians, we, we are just so hot. And then um, the actress who played Monica Rambeau, I cannot think of her name. Tiana Paris. Tiana Paris was there and she did good. I also mm-hmm. liked how we had like a openly queer um, protagonist, I guess, um, in uh, Tiana Paris's brother's uh, character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was just funny and he was real. Him and his boyfriend's dynamic was great and they weren't like annoying or like stereotypical. Um, it was just like, oh, these just happen to be a gay couple who actually mm-hmm. are making the most sense in the film. So mm-hmm. um, so good on them. Overall, I would give this movie, I would give this one a A. It was good. I liked it. And it was only an hour and a half, which mm-hmm. I feel like movies don't have to be two and a half hours to get this point across. Good storytelling is you can keep a story short, but also keep it interesting where it's not feeling rushed. Yeah, I am such a fan of a 90-minute runtime. Mm-hmm. I I hate when movies are, like, two hours, it's kind of pushing it, but, like, two and a half or three hours, I'm like, let's wrap it up. Let's cut mm-hmm. some shit out, because you can definitely edit that down. Uh, there's no need for movies to be that long. No um, reason. But, uh, yeah, I think, for me, uh, I would give this movie, um, I think I'd give it an A-. Uh, I had a really good time with it. Mm. I I didn't find it to be scary, which I think is. So I, I've been lo- looking at some of the some of the critics on this movie, and a lot of people are saying that they didn't think it was scary enough, so that's why they didn't like it mm-hmm. as much. I didn't see the first Candyman, so I have no so... reference. The Candyman first, because there's like three films, but like we're not going to get into that convoluted timeline of the other three original films. The original one, it was scary per se, but it was more about the psychological horror of the film. Like, is this girl actually killing these people or is there actually a spirit? Is she actually having a psychotic break? Um, At the end, you kind of figure out like, both um and i think uh, the Candyman films were more about the horror in the mind but also the horror that we do to each other um because in the first film they do talk about how they're pushing all the black folks into section eight apartments and stuff and then this one was more of a commentary on the newfound gentrification method of now we're pushing them out of the ghetto and we're trying to bring in white people and telling them uh, affluent white people and telling them, you know, Hey, if you, you know, do good, we're going to add us Panera bread here. Like we're going to make it better. So you want to live here, but the other people can't afford to live here. So it's kind of just a story of like transformation with the times while also kind of being in this like weird in between of like, this isn't right, but this is the way it is. Right. So, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. Um, 
I thought the acting in this movie was really great. Uh, I really liked the characters mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I Who's liked your favorite character. I think Troy, okay. which was Brianna's brother. Okay. Um, he he was he was really good. Like you said, like he 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 was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know he wasn't trying to be. It's just his character, like his personality mm-hmm. was just funny and. Uh, but I liked I liked Tiana too. What I liked about Tiana is there were moments in the movie where, in like a t- in a stereotypical horror film, you know we always see, okay, the character opens up the door and it leads down a dark basement, and that character always goes down that basement, mm-hmm. even though we know that they're gonna see some shit when they go down there. And she opens up that door and she goes nope nope and she walks right out and i was like yes that's i like how this movie actually displayed what normal people would do in scary situations like that right because like the thing in horror is like the thing that one it's hard to make a horror movie in modern times because of smartphones and like all these ways of getting out um Mm -hmm. But I think this one was good because, again, it's more about the psychological part. But the part where they're like, yeah. who would say Candyman's name in front of a mirror five times? That's um, and before they can even finish the sentence, it just like jump, jump cuts to a group of white girls standing in the mirror, like about to do it. But <laughs> and an Asian girl, let me take it back. Four white girls and an Asian girl. And we have a sensible lesbian who tries to leave the party before the party starts, but then she gets peer pressured in. So they do it. They get to the third one. And then the Asian girl's like, you know what? I'm going to leave. So her white homegirls do it. And then they, the black girl walks in just like trying to just take shit, basically. And she gets bullied by the girls and then Candyman kills them. And I thought that was pretty funny, too, because like, me as a black person, like, we'd be like, oh, that's the white people shit. Like, we ain't about to do that. And <laughs> for the most part, granted, our protagonist, uh, he says can He's the only black person who does the Candyman thing. Everybody else uh, besides the, uh, God, the young gentleman whose sister passed away. Um, but no, like, it was kind of funny. None of the people of color really were, like, doing, playing around with this Candyman, like, shit. Like, everybody else was. But, like, the black folks were like, we're not doing that. It, like, to the point where his mom wouldn't even let him utter his name once. She's like, no, sh- 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 we don't do that. Mm-hmm. And we find out why towards the third act of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically what this movie's about is a, a kind of a struggling artist. His name is Anthony McCoy. Um he is trying to be inspired mm-hmm. um, by something new. And he hears about the story of Candyman, uh, and he goes down to this um, this sort of area in in Chicago where mm-hmm. the story takes place. And I, I always forget the, I always forget the name of that that area. Um, uh, me that too. Me people look. don't really live in anymore. Um, while you're looking that up, I'll kind of keep going. But basically, he finds out the story about Candyman um, from this guy at the laundromat. And, you know, basically just believes it's kind of an urban legend, mm-hmm. you know, as, as most people would. Uh, and he's he says it into the reflection uh, mm-hmm. with his uh, girlfriend. 
And uh, yeah, so he says that, and he more or less kind of awakens uh, Candyman. What was that called? Cabri- Carbi- Cabrini Green. Cabrini Green, gotcha. Yes. Yeah, so that's where he goes um, uh, to take pictures, and while he's there, he is also stung by a bee. Yes. Um, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I do need a for the listeners who have not seen the 92 version of Candyman... This is a direct sequel to the 92 version of Candyman, by the way. Right. So if you watch that one, you're going to see some returning faces, Mm -hmm. um, such as Vanessa Williams' character, Anna Marie McCoy, which is Anthony's mom, um, who was in this. And they also Uh, had the original actor who played uh, Tony Todd, who played Candyman there, but he's in like a very blink-and-you-miss-it moment of the movie, because they also de-age him digitally. Um, Sherman Fields? No, that was the one who played the special needs uh, guy, right? Who they thought was Candyman in the 80s. Oh. Which kind of found out he was Candyman in the 80s. Like, So, I don't want to cut you off, Tyler. Go ahead. No, I thought he was the Candyman from 92, was he not? No, so like, there's an actual... Oh, Tony Todd. Tony Todd, yeah. That was the original actor who played the Candyman um, in the film. Okay. So in the original 1992 film, there is there in, it, it takes place in Cabrini Green before it's gentrified and stuff. And inside Cabrini Green, they find out that there's tunnels um, between each apartment through these mirrors. If you pull off your mirror, you can see into another room, um, which is actually a really big deal in like old apartments in New York and um, Chicago. And I remember my cousin had one like that in San Francisco. But anyway, this serial killer was like going through the window uh, mirrors and killing people. Um, In this newer film, they rebooted to where like that was actually a the killer was actually a man possessed by the Candyman. gutting and killing people so that was how it was done but they also reframe it to where like the spirit of that person was inhabited by the candy man and he was just now killing people because like that was the really sad scene at the beginning of the 2021 version of the film where a special needs man would just hand candy out to kids and a little white girl got a piece of candy and there was razor blade in it and they just assumed it was him. Um, he goes into hiding in the walls of the apartment complex. Um, and um, a boy finds him in the washer room. And he just gives him mm-hmm. candy, nothing crazy. But he already screamed. And so the police find him. And they just kill him on sight. Like, kill the mm-hmm. gentleman. So this film is also... Um, an allegory on police brutality and mm-hmm. the mishandling of uh, quote black criminals end quote in this system, mm-hmm. and uh, because the Candyman in it of itself in the original film was kind of like an allegory to how slave to slavery and how slaves were treated and killed if they had sex or fell in love with a white woman. Because that's basically what happens with the Candyman himself. So he gotcha. is now inhabited this uh, special needs person's body and is now committing killings. 
And then they don't really say in the like 92 movie or the 2021 movie, like what happens to this person? Cause he just, the killings just kind of stop. I guess that's where I got confused is because, so I was under the impression that, that Sherman uh, Fields, the gentleman you were talking about um, who had special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I was under the impression that he was the candy man because after Anthony's care after Anthony gets bit by the by mm. the bee and he starts to become more obsessed with the Candyman lore um, and he starts to his skin starts to mm-hmm. turn and rash over right and then he starts seeing Sherman in his reflection so that's why I was thinking that he was becoming mm-hmm. the new Candyman so I thought that Sherman was the Candyman so I guess that's kind of where I got confused because the killings were happening but we never saw an actual person who was killing so I guess the Candyman was kind of just like this invisible force yes right? and no like you could you can see... only see it in the reflection yeah in the reflection right yeah because like in the 92 movie though um Helen Lyle, who is the main protagonist of this one, and she, that's the thing. Like, we don't know if she's losing her mind or if she actually seen the Candyman and come to find out it's a little bit of both. Um, mm-hmm. So in the film of the, 90, the 2021 version, they talk about Helen Lyle and how she kidnaps his baby and goes on this murder, murder spree. Um, and Tony is none the wiser, but Tony is the baby that was kidnapped. He doesn't know. Um, mm-hmm. And then he goes to the hospital because he, he's his body's starting to corrode because he got bit by the uh, bee, stung by the bee. Which, by the way, he waited way too late to go get right? that checked out. Like, the first time it was bleed, like, when it start, like, bubbling up and you can see the inside of his hand... And he's no just like picking the scabs that. off of it. He's just picking the scabs. It was like, gross. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, dude, go get that checked out. And no one said anything about it. That that really bothered me, especially when they're at like at the dinner table after like um his colleague and his, the colleague's uh student worker are killed. They're the first ones to die in the film. It, yeah. it just made no sense. Like I was just like, why did no one say anything about that dirty ass hand? Like it was like a big ass like. It was as big as like a palm gash on top of his hand now. Yeah. And no one said Yeah, it, it was never it was never brought up. Which is kinda one of the it was kinda if, if I you know, that's kinda one of the cons I had in this movie was like uh, he would not have waited that long or nobody would have just acted like mm-hmm. that wasn't happening to his hand. Yeah, and then also another thing that kinda threw me off was that random subplot pilot that Tiana slup subplot, sorry. Subplot, subplot that Tiana Paris's character had, where like her dad uh, died by suicide, and he was an artist, and then Anthony is losing his mind, and he's an artist, and her brother's like, "What is with you and these tortured artists?" And I'm like, "Wait a minute, that is just super insensitive." Like, it was really, ju- yeah, you're right. That's another. That's another one of. Th- I mean, it was literally like a f- ten second scene where we just it just kind of happened, and it, it felt like they wanted to do a little bit more with that, but. Again, the movie's only 90 minutes, so I guess they wanted to just throw that in there to show that she was having a nightmare and she's seeing kind of parallels from her father and her boyfriend. Yes, and it was it, just it, so weird. Yeah. Which, by the way, that apartment they lived in, I was so 
jealous about that apartment. It was nice. And then they were talking about how, like, bad it was and how not great it was. And I'm just sitting there scratching my head. And then I'm sitting next to my younger brother, who's a real estate agent. And he's like, yeah, that's like mm, $4,000 a month worth of rent right there in that one apartment. Right. And he goes, but knowing what kind of apartment that is, they have probably have to buy it or sublet it. And so they're probably going to have to pay like at least down payment half a million dollars for this really ass nice apartment in Chicago. Yeah, it, it was super nice. It was extremely nice, but... Just the fact that they were like trying to play it off like it wasn't just threw me off. Like it had an upstairs. Mm. Like I was like, this is a condo. Like this is like a nice townhouse. This is not an yeah. apartment. Um, which was also funny because I did like how they kind of touched on casual racism in the art community and how like the art critic was just like, you types are always trying to do this kind of work. And then he was like, wait, what do you mean you types? And did she try to spin it as in like, artists who moves into gentrified locations and hide behind the whole i'm a tortured artist that's why i'm living here motif mm-hmm. when they're actually making a lot of money and so that was kind of funny but like weird that she only want was interested in his art after the murder started so i just didn't understand that either yeah that one was kind of odd she's like hey why don't you privately just come to my apartment and let's talk about this i want to do an interview and i was like uh that seems odd like you were just shitting on him like a couple days ago and then she does the candy man thing and then she gets killed too and then like that was kind of a cool kill where they just slid her body across the (laughs) glass of the uh from yeah as the camera panned out yeah hands out and you could just see everybody else just living their lives in their apartments while she's she's dying slowly See, I thought that Troy's boyfriend was going to go into the bathroom, and, and I guess we still never know if he did or not. I don't think he did, but <laughs> yeah, I thought no. when Troy left, after they were all kind of hanging out on the couch, I thought he was going to go in there and mm. utter those words. See, this goes die. back to my theory that white Jews are smarter than the average white person, and they were just because, like, Troy's boyfriend wasn't even really about that either. At first, he was, like, joking about it, but then he kind of thought about it and was like, nah, I ain't doing that. So, I don't know. Is his like, boyfriend's Jewish? Oh, the actor is Jewish. Yeah, I looked him up. I looked him up after the movie. I was like, let me find this actor because I've oh. never seen him Oh, before. but his character's not? I'm just going to say they're Jewish because the actor's Jewish. Um, oh, okay. You're but just going to assume like that? Wow. I thought it was pretty funny because like, he was just like, nope. Wait, are you saying a- bye, Tyler, anyway? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It was so, a good movie. Yeah, it was, it was a good movie. Um, um, yeah, I, I probably don't want to spoil too much of the ending. Um, it has a pretty good ending. I would like, uh, I'd encourage you all to go and watch it. Um, I wrote that even if you're if you're a scaredy cat like me, I think you'll mm-hmm. still find this movie enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I had a good time with it, um, despite some of the critic rating. I know they're not. It's kind of an average movie for critics. Some people have issues with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a couple, but overall I had a good time with it. It's a short 90-minute film. Um, I don't believe this movie is available on anything else, so you actually have to go out into the theaters and watch it. So mm-hmm. there's that. But, you know, let's See, keep and- movie theaters alive. Let's keep going to the movies if it's safe for you if you want to. No, let's kill the movie theaters, actually. I think... Why? Because. Because, like, I hate the whole... Like, I love going to the movies, but I also hate going to the movies. And I think if they were smarter about 
if there was a way they could be smart about pirating and avoiding pirating, I think like the movie industry like would have been dead years ago. But we can see how this pandemic has really have affected the movies because like when we were there, there was only two people working the whole entire cinema. Yeah. But I did yeah. like, it was really funny because like if something happened, like the guy was like, well, you have to hold on. I got to help these people and then I'll go in there and do it. Like it was strange. No, I mean, um, I do, I do like the the. There's something about just going to the movies, um, and being in the big screen with that great sound and the great quality. And if you want to buy popcorn, you can. I mean, I, I still love going to the movies. Um, mm. uh, so I, I hope they continue to do that. But it is hard when that movie is available on HBO Max, a service that you're already paying for. Mm-hmm. It's hard to like. I didn't go to the theaters and see Suicide Squad. Right. I watched it at home. You know, you and yeah. I watched it together. Yeah. So it was, it's kind of a hard sell to be like, Hey, do you want to drive all the way to the nearest theater? Then pay money to watch it, which by the time you pay for it, you've already, that's already a month of what it costs for HBO max. So it, it's kind of a hard, it's kind of a hard decision to make to be like, I'm going to spend more money to watch this movie that I could have just watched in my living room. Right. Right. And I think the reason why WB did that is because they were just like, we don't know when this pandemic's going to end. And I respect that they did that. But, like, the pandemic is still going and America is not handling it well, obviously. So they're going to open things back up. So um, Mm -hmm. I do believe Shang-Chi will be our first movie of the pandemic that will probably crack $500 million at the box office worldwide, not domestically. Um, Mm -hmm. The only reason why I'm saying that is because it has a lot of Asian influences. And I know that shit's going to be big in China. Um, mm-hmm. but they haven't even released Black Widow in China, and that, so I don't know what's going on with that. That's probably mm-hmm. another reason why Scarlett Johansson is suing, because China is Hollywood's biggest market. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they never dropped it either. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know that it wasn't dropped in China, so that's new to me. <clears throat> like, but uh, it's weird. Yeah. But yeah, those are our thoughts on Candyman. Uh, it's a good... Um, I would. I don't even know if I'd call it a horror movie. I'd call it a psychological thriller. Um, there weren't a lot of jump square, uh, jump scares, despite what the pages say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was anticipating a lot of jump scares, and there really wasn't. So I think it's a good movie to go check out. Uh, yeah. and that's the thing with the Candyman films. It wasn't. It just wasn't that many jump scares, from what I remember when I was watching it as a child. I think it was more yeah. of the unknown and the uncertain, like the unsettling feeling. I just remember sure. always feeling very unsettled while watching those films. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was just referring to that the IMDb page said that the jump scare ratio was severe. So I was anticipating to shit my pants in the theater and that was not the case at all. So I was uh, quite happy to be um, misled in that regard. Yeah, because I wasn't scared at all. I wasn't either, and I'm scared of a lot of things when it comes to scary movies. So, All right, so let's go off to our next segment called You Should Check This Out. You so should. So in this segment, you, uh, Theron and I will make some recommendations for people to check out. Uh, Theron, do you have anything that you want to recommend the listeners? Uh, yes, yeah, so if you have Disney+, Plus, you should be watching The Owl House. Um, it's really good. It's about a human girl who somehow gets 
trapped into another dimension and she wants to become a witch. So she is Ida, the witch. She's Ida's apprentice, apprentice, and Ida is basically the only witch in the land who can use all four types of magic because she is what they call a rogue witch. Um, in this series, that if you're a witch, you have to choose one track of magic to go to. So there's like duplication or like illusion casting or plant casting where you can control plants and kind of do like poison ivy type shit, I guess. <laughs> so like, it's really interesting, really good. It has a queer um, lead. And yes, it's made for children, but like it's one of those shows that like adults, uh, millennials will really like for sure. Um, mm. And the voice of Ida, I can never remember this actress's name. Wendy Malick, she is from uh, Hot in Cleveland, but she also did this show back in the day with David Spade, and I cannot remember the name of the show, and this is going to bother me, but I would definitely suggest it. It's really, oh, Just Shoot Me. She was in Just Shoot Me, which was a very short-lived, it actually lasted for like five years, so it was a really good sitcom back in the 90s. It was really good. David Spade was in it. Um, but mm-hmm. overall, I would give this whole series like a 10 out of 10 is really good. It's good mm-hmm. on animation, good art, and has a really good action sequences in it, too. Uh, what was that show called again? The Owl House the on Owl Disney+. Plus. Okay, cool. Streaming yeah. two seasons right now. Okay. Yeah, I still need to check that out. Um, I'll add it to the ever-expanding list of things to watch that I will probably never get to. Oh, I'm going to recommend a documentary called Bob Ross, happy accidents, betrayal and greed. Mm -hmm. So everyone loves Bob Ross. Uh, he's a very wholesome guy. Uh, God rest his soul. If you didn't know, he did pass away in the nineties. Um, a lot of people to this day still don't know that Bob Ross is, um, is no longer with us. Um, and the documentary kind of goes into some of that. The story really goes into kind of the the business side of Bob Ross's story, mm-hmm. right? It does talk about how he became, um, uh, how he found himself on you know PBS and was doing the Joy of Painting show. Um, but we start seeing some of the behind the uh, behind the scenes business deals with his business partners and. The documentary really goes into how much these people owned not only Bob Ross's, um, you know, show and merchandise, but just him as a person. Mm. Um, it's one of those shows, uh, it's one of those documentaries where, like, on one hand, you're it, it's heartwarming to see just Bob Ross in general because he's such an uplifting guy. But it's also really frustrating whenever you see how he was treated and how his son was treated afterwards. Oh no! So, how was yeah. his son treated? Like, well, assume bad. So, I kind of don't want to spoil the show because I want people to kind of see it for themselves. Mm-hmm. But basically, there were some deals that were done on the backside that impacted the son mm. after Bob Ross's father passed away. So I'll just kind of leave it at that because I don't want to spoil it too much because I want people to go and check it out. Yeah, go watch it, Um, bitches. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's a pretty short uh, documentary. It is uh, like an hour and a half long. So Mm -hmm. go check it out. Um, If you like Bob Ross, um, 
you'll like it, um, but also be prepared to be pissed off how they treated our boy Bob and his family afterwards. His son Steve Ross um, is actually um, painting to this day and also teaches mm. people how to paint just like his father did, so that was really cool. I didn't know much about Bob Ross's family at all. So it was, uh, it's nice to kind of see, uh, Bob Ross's son is kind of the main character of the documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sort of the main, the main focus who's kind of telling the story. So it's good. Again, it's on Netflix, Bob Ross, happy accidents, betrayal and greed, uh, just came out a few days ago. So Bob Ross go check it out cool. if you can. Yeah. He's a good dude. All right, well, that concludes this episode, episode 10. So our first little mini milestone. Uh, Many more to come, I'm sure. Drugs. Oh, my God. All right, well, thank you so much, whoever you are and wherever you are, for joining us on this episode of The Fox and the Stone. We hope to see you later. Theron, I will see you soon. And as always, bye. Bye. Bye.